Hello, my name's Heather and this is my posh boyfriend Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. Oh, 17 episodes. I know, right? Episode two, maybe, of season two. Certainly yeah, of... Let, let's call it that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. no, no. Is it episode one of season two? Oh, right. Because the Christmas special was a one-off. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's what it. it's called. And episode special. one of 2021. We're sort of rejigging how frequently we drop these, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a much more fluid system. It's mainly dictated by my whim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, what's been going on out there? And bloody hell, there's been loads going on out there. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm really, I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. We had, um, we had quite a lot of fun uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, uh, on Twitter. Um, Surprisingly, because normally it's horrible. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> but there are just these occasional glimmers of like brilliance yeah. that make you laugh so much that this it's kind of worth staying in the mire for. Yeah. So my. Um, my old boss, Deb, thanks Deb, sent me a text and said, oh, I thought this might be um, interesting for you and your, in quotes, uh, posh boyfriend. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and it was a tweet from a comedian called Lauren Patterson. And um, she said, if you grew up working class, what's something that absolutely isn't posh, but that you thought like was when you were growing up? And so she said for her... When she had, when they had burgers for tea, sometimes her dad would uh, would like toast the bread bun under the grill, and she said she'd be like, "Fuck a duck, we're being fancy tonight." When did we become royalty? <laughs> and then everybody's responses underneath it are just absolutely Incredible. brilliant. And there were so many. weren't there like fifty thousand responses or yeah, something? Yeah, it went. It was. It sort of went pretty viral. Yeah. Um, I personally think it's the best thread I've seen all year so far. <laughs> so yeah. so coming from that perspective more than I did, obviously, yeah. what were some of your favourites? Some of mine were having a garage. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> Very posh. Yeah, oh, no, no. This is what I think. This, These are my answers. Oh, these are, oh those are your these ones. These are my answers. Oh, I see. Yeah. So right. having a garage uh-huh. is definitely one. <laughs> Not a we garage all... either. No, it's definitely a garage. Okay, that makes Let's sense. not. Yeah. Um, I think I've only ever lived in one house growing up where we had a where we had a driveway, and we've never had a garage. So, like having okay. a garage is posh. Um, living on a red row housing estate. Right. Do you know Red Row? No. So it's a sort of David Wilson home builder type things. And anyway, all of the posh people in the village where I grew up all lived on the Red Row housing estate. But it's still a housing estate. Yeah, but it's. But it's, you know, a, a posh housing estate. Got it, got it. You know the type of quite cookie cutter houses? That's posh to me. Okay. Well, that, that was when I was growing up. Right. Um, people who have cans of pop, just like ready to go at home. <laughs> Fucking madness. Like living like millionaires. Cans of pop. Cans of pop. But in that's interesting because that would cost you, like, I, well, when else would you be having pop? Like out and about? I don't know. I don't really eat pop, uh, drink pop. Yeah. But... Because, because like it, it, like the cheapest, surely the cheapest way of having pop is to ha- to have it at home. Yeah, but but not in cans. You'd have it in two liter bottles. Oh, That's the thing. I see. So it's the fact that they're cans and they're yeah. sort of ready to go. Gotcha. We would only ever do that at Christmas. Really, that's like a treat. Yeah, cans of pop. So maybe is is the equivalent of that like having those small 
tonic cans that Gordon's do yeah. rather than like the exactly big... Exactly that. Got yeah, it, exactly got it, got that. it, got it. Because it's the more expensive way Red to thing, consume yeah. the yeah. Um Other things I had were any food that had any sort of branding. So if it was like advertised on telly and you had it at home, you were posh. Interesting. Um, we've talked about this before, actually, in one of the previous episodes. I've talked about like frubes being posh. <laughs> that is definitely yeah. posh. Yeah, and lunchables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lunchables. Um, any kids who were able to collect like pogs oh, yeah. or like football cards or um, Pokemon cards. I ended up getting my Pokemon cards secondhand, Aww. but I did know a lad in the village who had the full collection, Shinies included. That's um, impressive. And he was like the son of son of some doctors, so uh... posh. Um, and then the final thing, which I uh, didn't realise, like, wasn't posh, but was like dinner parties. Interesting. Like, the concept of a dinner party. When I was growing up, it was just like having someone round for tea. For tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a dinner party. A whole thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a whole thing. That's funny. Um, so those those are some of my responses. But some of the ones on the um, thread itself are just like absolutely amazing. You did have quite a funny reaction though, because one of the responses was um, a kind of set of bar charts about, you know, (laughs) what do you call dinner and tea? So uh, if you're from, basically it turns out it's more of a north-south divide rather than a kind of class divide, whether you Mm -hmm. call things dinner, dinner, tea, lunch, whatever it is. Um, so you're more like for your evening meal, you're more likely if you're from the south to call it dinner than to right. call it tea. And if you're from the north, but there is some like kind of class variation in there. And when I read this out to you yesterday, you look perplexed the entire time. And then at the end, you just went, where's the supper option? <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we've spoken about supper before, but that's that. That's what I thought it was going to be about, was going to be the people that call it supper, and it's just not... And no, that, you're think, so posh, you're literally off the scale here. But, Clearly but, you're not in the uh, middle class or working class categorisation by YouGov. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> and I think that really sums up like that whole thread and all the responses for me, because I know that the premise was things that you thought were posh but actually aren't. Yeah. But it really struck me, like, the things that all these people were listing as, oh, we thought this were really posh, people yeah. that I know wouldn't have any interest in them and like so so it might be all loads of the food items like people thinking Vianetta was all this and stuff (laughs) and like Black Forest Gatto and stuff like that came up loads yeah it's like so much this stuff always comes back to food it's really interesting but all of those sorts of things like the the my parents and the families that I knew growing up just wouldn't have them wouldn't let their kids near them um like yeah things like having a garage just like wouldn't you know just be a thing exactly and so it's so funny the things that people were holding on to that um yeah that just the people they might consider posh wouldn't even have yeah because because they wouldn't want it that was that was so interesting that as, as the dynamic on that thread yeah it's there's very much like um there's a lot of kind of sort of keeping up with the Joneses type yeah. feel to to some of the responses. Totally. Um, shall I pull out a couple of my favourite responses Absolutely. From, from other people? Please. So one of them was uh, someone who said, my mate's mum had an extra phone in her bedroom and my mum called her the queen of fucking Shiva and she stopped getting Avon from her. <laughs> <laughs> loved that to be one. fair that's a good insult that is that is absolutely brilliant there is an episode of the royal family called the queen of shiva 
and it's it's where the nan dies I think and um that is brilliant but yeah I remember my mum using like the somebody thinking they were the queen, the queen of Sheba, Sheba as really? like a thing that's yeah. so funny because we had this conversation off podcast the other day didn't we because I one of my friends has such a big house that they have their own internal phone system yeah so, <laughs> so, so when it's lunchtime so when it's lunchtime they have to like get on the phones and be like kids kids come for lunch Literally or ring around the various houses and like outhouses and things and be like where are you um things Madness. going on so my absolute favorite response which made me properly properly laugh out loud mm. um was from a lady called Anne, and she said my friend's mum left her dad for another bloke we were all really shocked until we went to his house and thought fair fair enough right move debbie he had a soda stream. <laughs> <laughs> soda streams were like properly posh. Really? So not only do you have pop at home, but you have a machine that makes you your makes pop. Makes your own pop. And it's posh pop. Uh, how so? Well, because you, you make it's it yourself and it's got, got no added sugar and all of that sort of sh- Interesting. stuff. Interesting. Madness. Yeah, total Absolutely. madness. I've still never had a soda stream. No. I begged my mum for it. Every time we'd go around Asda, it'd be like, you know, on the special offer at the end of the aisles. Yeah, but again, I don't think I've ever met somebody that has one. No, I did see um, I did see something on Instagram right at the beginning of lockdown where people were making like I, I think when there was some sort of prosecco shortage or something, oh, yeah. people were making their own at home prosecco using a bit of Chardonnay and a soda stream. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, I nearly, that's genius. Nearly personally. as good as your mum's rosé. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there we go. That gave us a lot of joy and fun having a chat about that. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And we got involved in the mix and got a whole bunch of engagement from all sorts of people. So thanks so much everyone that that sent us Twitter messages. That was super interesting. And if you're listening for the first time off the back of all that, welcome to the podcast. Um, And that wasn't it either. So so we had this big old Twitter storm, which was super interesting. It's like a bus. You wait for like a big class issue and then (laughs) two come along at once. Because earlier this week, the British Social Attitudes Report was published. You saw this as well, didn't you? I think you sent it to me on The Guardian or something. I sent it to you on The Times or something like that. We both spotted it in separate (laughs) places. And this sums up our relationship. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, this was fascinating uh, and, and something that, that sparked a bit of conversation between us. But basically what it says is people are sort of fetishizing what they mm. call the authenticity of working class roots or having a working class background. And specifically, apparently this report says that 47% of people in professional and managerial jobs describe themselves as working class, including... 24% of those whose parents also did middle-class jobs. That's interesting. Yeah, so like half the quote-unquote professional or, or middle-class back, like workforce yeah. still say they have a working-class background, which I, I kind of recognise that as a phenomenon. There is, I think, this sort of jostling for, you know, oh, I've, I've got the, the humblest roots, I've got sort of the, mm. the family that's made it themselves more. Yeah. Um, and that comes into debate you and I have been having a lot, which is whether or not it'd be better to privately or state educate your kids. Yeah. Because my view on it, to a large degree, is that sort of there's now a, an active, like a positive cachet of having gone to a state school rather than private school. Whereas I think you make, well, you can make your own counter argument to that, which you sometimes do. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's only a cachet from the perspective of 
that kind of narrative that people peddle of you know I've I've worked hard to get where I am Mm. and the assumption that being in a state school means that you were disadvantaged compares compared to others who might might have been in your situation yeah well it's interesting you say that because that's the other bits of this report picks up um Mm. there's this other quote from it where it says nouveau riche industrialists acquired coat of arms back Mm, in the day in order to cultivate the impression that their status had nothing to do with hard work and it says now kudos comes from boasting about how far you've traveled against the odds and your fierce work ethic Uh, And there's also an element of guilt about our privilege, a desire to make the facts better fit our dream of social mobility. Then this is the bit I think you just touched on there. We shy away from the middle class label because we know deep down that if the world were truly as equal as we demand, we would not be in our jobs. Others would have beaten us to it Mm. had they had the opportunities. Yeah, I th- I think this is really interesting and I I would love to see if there's any data about kind of social attitudes 20 40 years ago mm. to see kind of how it's changing because my my assumption is that Thatcherism probably would have had quite a big influence on this as a narrative that sort of, you know, uh, if you work hard enough it will take you as far as like mm. your talents will take you and that's the that was her kind of definition, I guess, of, of, yeah. of equality. Sure. And I think that's something that's persisted through certainly kind of lots of conservative policies since then and to a certain extent kind of new labour. Mm. Um, so I wonder, like, I wonder at what point that that kind of changed, that idea that if you're a sort of boy or girl done good, basically, that you've got a bit more kind of respect. Because, yeah, it was definitely, you know... Um, you were considered and still might be actually in the very, very upper echelons of society that having, you know, built your fortune yourself, maybe you're still kind of part of that nouveau riche. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I find it absolutely fascinating. Yeah, really, really, really fascinating. But I do think kind of political rhetoric has definitely played into, um, into it. And also just, you know, it isn't nice to feel like, oh, well, maybe I didn't make my own look maybe I wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, the sort of idea that you might not quite deserve what you've got mm-hmm. sits uncomfortably with basically everybody, I would say. Yeah, um, I, I get that. But but to, you know, put a slightly finer point on it, do you now, if we take you as an interesting mm-hmm. example, but do you now think that you're working class? I feel working class in terms of my values and mm-hmm. my roots, but I know I'm not working class anymore. That's interesting. Um, I think because of like two things, probably my my the type of job that I've got and my income for sure, and my kind of general lifestyle and the way I choose to spend my time and my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think is kind of traditionally very working class. Yeah. I'm definitely in the kind of social mobility category, socially mobile category. Yeah. Um, but I do think that because uh, because of how I grew up, yeah, I definitely am working class, and all of my family are before me. Yes. Basically, none of us have worked in offices before my generation of um, my generation of person. It's always been factory work, manual labour. Yeah. yeah. As far as you can kind of go back. So in, um, in the study there where it was saying oh, about 23% of people whose parents themselves had mm, sort of middle, middle class, class type jobs, jobs yeah. does that like annoy you at all? Does that feel like it's sort of um, diminishing 
your own background, your family's experience, that other people sort of pass themselves off a little bit? Or does it just, it's not, not come up? Um, I, I think it does annoy me a little bit, actually, yeah. because, um, you know, they won't have had the same experiences that shape that type of move from, yeah. from going from kind of working class to middle class. Mm. Um, but I also understand why it's a sort of a, an attractive way to think about your life yeah, yeah. um so it, do, it does annoy me a bit for sure because they won't have had to i mean this sounds very sort of um uh, very lefty of me but they won't have had to struggle right in the same way to get yeah. where they are yeah. whereas and i'm not saying that i've had a massive struggle either actually because i had a very stable home with my mum mm. it just so happened that she had a sort of a shop job and yep. you know it was just me and her growing up yeah. and we lived in a ex-council house but we owned the house that we lived in even though we still lived on a council estate yeah yeah um so there's lots of ways in which i look at my background and and i can see the privileges that i had compared to lots of other people yeah and so it sits really uncomfortably with me if i i guess rest too much on having you know had a, a more difficult um kind of background right um whereas i think for lots of other people that's the thing that brings them comfort to think that they have had to kind of struggle and work for what they've got and therefore they deserve it Mm. and you know i do kind of wonder how much of that um sense of like oh i have to have earned what i've got in order to deserve it is actually just um like is some of that grounded in like quite a British way of thinking I think there's something tied to the kind of British identity Mm. that means that it's more favorable to think that you've kind of worked for what you've what you've got and are therefore deserving of it rather than having stuff kind of handed handed down to you yeah I mean the old way of looking at things that I guess it's sort of alluded to there would have been we are the aristos the the you know in greek that means the best we are the, mm. the 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 system the aristocracy the ruling class of the best mm. and there's this cultivated idea that i guess persisted probably until at least the first half of the 20th century of the reason that we're richer and the reason we're yeah. more power is because we're just better than you mm. and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you're surrounded by money and opportunity then most of the things to which you turn your hand you're yeah. going to be successful at or good at and so if you just meet a random person on the street and you know you know the the etiquette at white's club and you can fence and shoot and horse ride and you own several businesses probably because they were gifted to you but yeah. all of that sort of stuff then you then it, it reinforces itself yeah it's, but the, I, it's the ecosystem of privilege isn't it it's not just about money it's phrase. all of that other yes. stuff that sits around it but i guess that the, that's the thing as well that's taken the, the biggest battering because that I, like that there's so few people i guess that, that would really still think that's the case it's such a mm. difficult illusion to labor under i, th- I think especially in yeah. Um, the UK. It's funny because we've watched, uh, given that we're in lockdown, <laughs> um, we've watched a lot of TV shows and films and things like that, where 
inherited family wealth still seems to be really celebrated and fetishized and it seems to be okay to like make the best of it but some examples of those are like the film crazy rich asians or the the comedy series Shit's creek which is based in canada or oh, america that's yeah, amazing but do you know what i mean that it, it's places like that america and asia that they're being depicted in those shows where it's like yeah we're totally cool with the fact that we come from these big rich dynasties and therefore we think we're the bee's knees whereas mm. i don't know i just don't, i feel like maybe in the uk that narrative of it's been totally fine for me to inherit my wealth and it's being yeah. stripped away so yeah. people need to validate that yeah so you validate it by showing that you've earned it somehow yeah and that's very interesting it's a big it, subject it's an interesting it thing. is so anyway it's all happening out there in the world of class and commentary um the british social attitude survey stuff happening on twitter unbelievable <laughs> um but the, those are the two things that certainly caught our eye uh anything else to add darling no no well if not then I'm teeing up the thing about which I've been super excited Wee! all week. Yes. This is the first segment in 2021, in season two, of everyone's favourite, It's Correspondence. Correspondence. So we got an email last week from Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello, Alex. Um, uh, and they write to us, Dear Heather and Max... First of all, I'd like to say I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Thank well, you thank very you. much. It's genuinely so interesting listening to friendly debates about social class. Normally they can get very heated and both sides can get quite defensive. Do you think we kept it <laughs> unheated and non-defensive? You don't hear a lot of the stuff that we cut out or have <laughs> in the privacy of our own home. But yes, I agree. Thank you. Um, they say, I was born in Cambridgeshire and moved to the West Midlands at the age of six. I've always had quite a posh accent, but never really acknowledged it. But when I went to high school, people began to think that I was posh. I am very much not posh. I was raised by a single mother, low income, uh, social housing, etc. But I can be quite snobby and unfortunately, without realising it, can be very stuck up. Just a little side note there. Love a bit of refreshing honesty, Alex. Mm, Lots yeah. of people are snobby, myself included. Nobody ever owns up to it, so kudos yeah, to you. Absolutely. Um, when I went to um, rich friends' houses for dinner, they thought I was posh. I've never heard of someone being slightly scared that they will be found out as not posh when everyone thinks they are. My question is, how do I actually define myself in social class, in both of your opinions? Kindest regards, Alex. Well, that, I've got to say, is some of the best correspondence it's we've great. ever had. No disrespect whatsoever to previous correspondents. I mean, yeah, but... come on, Max, there's only been a few of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fun. Thank you for writing in. That is a fascinating question. Mm. And actually, believe it or not, that's something that I really empathise a lot with. I feel resonates a lot with me because I think I said this in episode one, way back at the start of last year, but I sound a lot posher than I think I am. Mm. And just by simple way of comparison, like my brother doesn't sound nearly as posh as me. No, it's really weird. Isn't it? And his fiance says the same thing. Like yeah. we had a chat about it a while ago. Like it, it's something about the tone of my voice and I don't know, like... Your the, enunciation. Yeah, my enunciation, I, I, I guess maybe my cadence, the way, like the, the thing, literally the words that I use when I talk, mm. stuff like that. Um, 
so so that's just quite an easy example to hopefully prove my point that that people will react to him and me in terms of how posh they think are very differently yeah you but guys went to different schools though didn't you yeah so both that private boarding schools yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair so i have always had that same thing of people think i'm posher than i actually am though i appreciate that alex is coming at it from a slightly different perspective of mm. they really don't think that i've that, that they've got posh roots yeah. whereas i probably do um but it's just that uh, generally people think that I'm even posher and wealthier and whatever mm. than actually I am. And that is deeply frustrating because I've always found, especially, you know, being at university and subsequently out in, in the professional world, um, that people do judge you negatively because of it and have a lot of preconceptions about you. Mm. The, the the number one thing that I wanted to say in response to this question, sort of as something that I've experienced in life, is I really treasure the fact that there are a few people I can think of that I really like and respect who have sort of told me after a while that they really like me because I defied their expectations. That's interesting. And what they've found is that, you know, when, when we hang out and chat and talk and all this sort of stuff, that they would expect me to be a bit more dismissive or, to, you know, not be interested in them or mm. whatever. Think think of myself as a bit superior, but I'm not. Like, I'm genuinely just really curious about other people. I love talking to people, love, mm. you know, um, asking people questions, all this sort of stuff. And that, I think, is worth the... or, or is the best possible outcome from all of the the preconceptions that other people might have because those are impossible to escape there's always going to be preconceptions like you Heather suffer probably under you know people's preconceptions because of your accent mm. and we've spoken about how having regional accents can be disadvantaging in the workplace and stuff like that so I think no matter which angle you come at it from um people have always got their own stuff coming on that they put on you and that's the way the world works and it sucks but there's a real opportunity to mark yourself out as somebody special by when people really get to know the real you, they realise actually they were wrong about you. And that creates really like deep friendships and respect between people. It's a really amazing thing when it happens. Aww, um, that's a nice oh, sentiment. <laughs> well, no, but genuinely, that, that's what I found with it. And I do... <laughs> I do uh, often make a very bad first impression with lots of people. Yes, you do. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Our first date was not great. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the first time hearing of this. Yeah, no. Well, oh. as in like, you didn't do anything to kind of assuage me. Assuage me? I don't no. know. It depends um, what you're going to say you, did, you didn't do anything uh, that made me think that you weren't as posh as you <laughs> seemed. <laughs> to, to disabuse you. <laughs> disabuse yeah. me, yeah. Um, yeah yeah exactly and because i'm very opinionated and i love stating my opinion yeah. and um uh, i have a very loud voice etc it tends to <laughs> rub loads of people up the wrong yeah. way um and and that's and that's the second point that i'll make much more briefly because i've waffled on but it's that you you are you there's this uh, i absolutely love this artist called Corey wong artist i mean he's, he's a musician and he has this song with this really cheesy section in it where it breaks out but basically the sentiment in it is no one in the history of mankind that's ever been born or ever will be born or that's on the world at this moment will ever be as good at being you as you are at being you so you may as well just lean into it and you don't need to have this like 
carefully broken down analysis of I am lower middle class because I come from this background and I have prospective earnings of this much and I like the opera but I also like Vimto whatever else it might be in your, in your weird matrix um, you're just you and other people might get it wrong if they think you're posher than you are yeah. and if you're you mentioned sort of being in company and maybe feeling a bit out out of sorts in a difficult spot because actually in reality you don't fit in because you're not as posh as people think you might be but that's just on them like if people discover that you're not as quote-unquote posh as they think you are and then that's a problem mm. then that's not they're like that's they're not good people there's other people from whom you want approval or friendship i wouldn't have thought um but that that's my instinctive reaction to it it's just lean into it and be you and yeah. as long as oh and that was the other tiny thing um is you did mention that that you realize that you can be a little bit i think stuck up was the phrase you used or was that right yeah yeah, yeah. Bit snobbish. So I, yeah, a bit snobbish. So I guess just like watch that behaviour because like that's also <laughs> yeah. probably not a good thing. And as long as you do watch that, then your background and what people think of you isn't doing anyone any harm at all. No, and, and I think, um, so, so I recognise quite a lot of what Alex wrote about there yeah. in a way because in some situations I feel, uh, you know, like I'm back at being from a council estate and being looked down upon. Yeah. Um, and in other situations, I get told I'm really posh. Really? Yeah, yeah. Particularly at work, actually. It's quite interesting. There's a bit of a running joke that um, that I'm posh at work, uh, which I'm now leaning into by having my team's background as the inside of, like, Versailles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you do... When you have a background that is, is quite mixed, I guess, in yeah. terms of kind of what class you might be might be from or mainly part of mm. you end up living in this kind of in-between world really yeah um and that can feel that can feel quite difficult because you know your kind of sense of belonging isn't always there yeah. but it is also a really good thing which means that you can um you can navigate those two worlds because you have mm. you know in alex's case lived experience of maybe being from a more working class background but the benefit of maybe sounding a bit kind of wealthier and therefore able to kind of fit in in other types of um, kind of social circles, for yeah. example. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's that's quite a useful skill, actually, to be able to traverse those two different types of um, worlds. And I think it's one that um, often if you you are quite socially, if you're if you're socially mobile, it's one that you have to learn. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're already doing that, Alex, then then I think that that's a skill. So I wouldn't be too um, worried or concerned about kind of defining what class you're from, because all you're likely to do is kind of box yourself in, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that's good for nobody really. So, but yeah, I, I recognise quite a lot of what um, what Alex said there, and I don't. It's it's a tricky one. I it wouldn't. Is. I think what we what you can kind of learn from that social attitude survey and a bunch of other things is, you know, it's not one characteristic that puts you into a certain class. Yes. It's a combination of how you live your life, what job mm -hmm. you do, where yeah. you do your job you know, how much money you earn, how you speak, where you shop, you know, what you put in your face, like <laughs> all of these things um, uh, contribute to somebody trying to sum up what class, what class you are. Um, but I would just say, you know, um, 
lean into the traversing of both of those worlds and and you won't go far won't go far wrong yeah in some ways you're sitting on the golden ticket because if you sound posh you can learn to navigate the world with the with the sort of ease and and you know, uh, sort of familiarity. The, belonging. The, yeah, exactly. The sense of belonging, entitlement that, that gets people very far without any <laughs> inherent skill or quality. Yeah. Um, and then if anyone challenges you on it, or if, you know, you're uh, being like the people in the attitude survey needing to defend your background, you've got this bloody Trump card. Bang, look at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got so these great um, working class credentials. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that there's there's difficulties with every person's lot. I mean, just going back to something that you said earlier, you said that uh, you sometimes still feel out of place in certain situations mm. to your background. I mean, we, we've we had meals, for example, um, at, at my house with, you know, uh, friends of my parents or, or friends of my brothers and stuff like that. And afterwards, you've said to me, God, I felt working class mm. during that, which I just think is amazing because, you know, that's just what I'm, used to so it's so i mean i'm I, i'm always grateful that you tell me stuff like that because it's really good to know that that's that's going on but like that's tough like that's that's not a comfortable thing so there, there's difficulties with every perspective mm. but um there is i mean the only thing i'd say to that is that's not solely down to my background like i definitely have a bit of social anxiety right which means that i'm i don't always feel comfortable in kind of many social situations where i don't know people anyway i see um so i think that added on to a bunch of people who i feel like i uh, don't have an immediate common connection with can be quite alienating i get that yeah, yeah. god what a whole load of interesting stuff yeah to talk about thank you i'm glad we're back not talked about this in ages well yeah maybe it's just all pent up this is why this is why it's all come tumbling out so thank you to lauren patterson for your uh twitter post that got all of this conversation going and thank you so much to anyone involved in the british social attitude survey and all the journalists that rose up about that and thank you so much alex for your wonderful email uh, which we really do appreciate if you guys do want to get in touch with any questions or thoughts of your own we'd love to hear from you you can reach us on email at poshthingsmyboyfriendsays at gmail.com or get us on Twitter and Instagram at poshthingsby. Absolutely. And I just want to leave you listeners with this one thought. Heather mentioned earlier that sometimes people think she's posher than she actually is, that she's, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've had a long running thing that maybe she is going full posh. Uh, this was encapsulated <laughs> for us recently when uh, you were texting your friend back from home so this is from Warrington, and I think she now lives in Leeds. She that does, right? yeah. So, you know, not necessarily for working class, but definitely Northern girl. Um, she sent you a picture, I think, of she was eating a bowl of something yeah. on the sofa. Yeah. And what did it say with the message? It didn't. She just oh, sent just me sent a, a picture, picture, no context. Fantastic. And my, my response was black doll question mark because we'd had some black doll recently so you thought maybe she was sending it yeah, over Shum's recipe what did she say in response she said you are too london for your own good it's coco pops <laughs> <laughs> uh so on that note <laughs> we'll see you next time bye bye Yeah, you do, you don't look comfortable. I mean, you've recorded quite a few like that. No, they come I'm, I'm not right now. Oh, I see. I'm you haven't too, adopted I'm the too position. Reclined. Yeah. Too much too reclined. Let me, let me rearrange my Go on. cushions. Yeah.
Might have to bring the ornamental cushions in as well. That's it. Get that lumbar support going. Oh, yeah. Lovely. 